this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath despite being the number one tennis player in the world novak djokovic was forcefully held in a detention center in australia last week and the showdown between australian federal agencies and djokovic which went to the courts found some kind of a resolution today with a federal circuit court ruling in djokovic's favor it quashed the cancellation of his visa and ordered his immediate release from detention while details of the actual events at the airport leading to djokovic's detention are still emerging the whole episode has raised several questions about vaccination sport and how rules are imposed or not imposed we don't know for instance why australia did not inform djokovic clearly earlier enough that his medical exemption was not valid or that it was not enough to guarantee him entry into australia why wait until he was already on australian soil and why keep him in a detention center why not allow him to quarantine if the rules demand that in a more comfortable place of his choice and what about the effect of all this on his preparations for the australian open assuming he eventually gets to play it we discuss all these questions in detail with rakesh rao deputy editor sports at the hindu rakesh thank you so much for joining us thanks a lot sampath rakesh to start with when uh, can you tell us why was djokovic granted a visa whatever visa it was to travel to australia and why did australia revoke his visa after he landed how does one understand this first of all we have every reason to believe that he already had a valid visa so no fresh visa was allowed was was actually issued to him so when we look at sportsmen across the globe who are you know basically like journeymen they normally have their you know like visas in place and if they are traveling to countries or uh, where they need a visa in a hurry because they are not you know they are not usually traveling from their own country like in this case uh, djokovic was already in you know like dubai because nowhere it says that he was issued a visa for this tournament so number 1 and number 2 see he was given a medical exemption now medical exemption to play in the tournament for the simple reason because australian rules are very clear if you are not double vaccinated you can't enter the country and here is djokovic who has been talking about what he thinks about the pandemic about being vaccinated for almost or uh, say roughly about 21 months if i were to be very precise on this because he has always opposed you know like i mean i mean he has aired his views against vaccination and it's an open secret now what has happened is that knowing that uh, novak was not vaccinated just one point there rakesh i would like to yeah. uh, make a slight interjection i mean djokovic has 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 opposed uh, he hasn't really opposed vaccination so much as held the right to choose that an individual has a right to decide whether to vaccinate or not yeah what he has said is i i don't wish to get vaccinated and then if you recall you know in june when he organized his own event i am talking about june 2020 let's go back uh, a bit and where i recall he had this you know event where the you know across the board there was nothing happening and he and like he decided to have this event it was called the adria tour adria tour and then he invited a lot of players including you know like dominic thiem was there alexander zverev was there and he himself tested positive now look at the irony of it all and this was not the first time i mean i mean sorry this was the first time and till he arrived in australia 
he had a second time he was he was actually tested and he tested positive so so before landing in australia it already had two such occasions where i mean he has had this you know experience with how it feels to be infected by covid despite all this he maintained that look i don't want to get vaccinated now ironically a man who has been saying that look i don't want to get vaccinated it was this particular his second bout with covid that actually helped him get that exemption because the australian rules for a medical exemptions say that if you have you know if you have contracted uh, this disease in the last 6 months and and if you can prove that you have enough amount of antibodies uh, then you can get an exemption this is exactly what djokovic had to prove when he asked for a medical exemption now you know here the thing is tennis australia is looking at djokovic the player and they have certain rules and under those rules if a person wants a medical exemption and if he can meet the regulations he gets it but the federal rules are completely different federal rules are very clear in australia if you are not double vaccinated you don't enter the country you can't put your foot on their soil but it didn't quite happen that way it wasn't as clear as we understand it so when they gave him a medical exemption Djokovic was under the impression that he could just walk through the immigration part and he would get whatever that he wanted. Now I remember in your question you had, you had just mentioned that why why wasn't he asked to just quarantine and you know get away with it. Now the Australian quarantine rules are very clear. Once you land up there number one of course you have to be double vaccinated and then it requires 14 days of quarantine. Now imagine if somebody had to land up there on the 1st of January that means he had to be he had to undergo the quarantine phase of 14 days that would have meant january the 14th and the event was to start on the 17th so there was no way that djokovic would have imagined that look i am going to walk in you know on the 6th of the 6th of january and stay in quarantine till the 18th so that means he had already ruled that out believing that that exemption would just allow him to walk through and now this is where i'm trying to say that look australian rules were pretty strict there but i think there was there was something which which a lot of people missed that is if the tennis australia which which runs the australian open if they had this you know rule that okay we have certain regulations which which allows a player to seek medical exemption and djokovic uh, had to prove that and he did now here there were this you know there is a two pronged uh, rule there one is by the victoria state which which has a particular rule and that rule was followed by tennis australia however this is not approved by australian federal government that is that is run from canberra as we all know but here what canberra said was listen you you have this exemption all right but our rules are pretty clear that means when when it comes to entering the border the border control is with the australian federal authorities and it has nothing to do with whether you're a tennis player you're being given exemption they don't look at those factors a lot you know at all so here was a nine time you know a nine time australian open winner assuming that everything was clear and he had his papers in place he decided to walk in and that is where at the border he was stopped which is in you know like melbourne and when they saw his papers and that wasn't obviously uh, you know okay because he was not vaccinated but he tried to get in by saying that look i have this exemption but isn't this really absurd i mean i mean this this whole scenario rakesh for a second if you just pause to look at it on the one hand you are saying tennis australia is telling 
a player who's coming there only to play the Australian Open and he can't clearly be playing the Australian Open from outside Australia's borders, right? He can't play it from Spain or UK. He has to play it in Australia. So, how can what is the meaning of such an exemption if it means that he cannot, he will be in violation of so-called federal rules which stipulate that you cannot enter the country anyway, regardless of exemption? I mean, this is really strange, isn't it? That is precisely the point, Sampad. This is what has, you know, raised a lot of eyebrows. This has given rise to debates across across the country, you know, across the whole tennis fraternity apart. I mean, everybody is talking about it. That how could you even offer an exemption, you know, to someone who is who is a source of huge risk? I mean, you know, he's not going to be there in isolation for those number of days as long as he's there in Australia. But he's going to interact with people. He's going to meet people who are double, you know, like who were already double vaccinated. He's one of those few people who are not vaccinated even once. Now, you are putting everybody else to risk. So that has been the argument. But, you know, it's quite strange when we look at uh, the way this entire thing has been handled. So... Here was Tennis Australia trying to convince the world that, look, we gave him the uh, this thing. And, you know, interestingly, it was it was Djokovic who, who announced it to the world that, look, I have been given a medical exemption and I'm going to make it. Now, these, I mean, you know, funnily, again, there were these uh, two sets of, you know, you know, like two sets of you know, medical panels which have cleared him. And that is where I think he got lucky. And this is what the judge saw today. And that is what allowed him to escape. Plus, of course, the fact that, the kind of time that was initially told to him that he would have, that was not uh, allowed to him. So there were these, I think, two little factors that favoured, you know, like Novak in today's world. Right. I think the two factors which you have mentioned, I think one is the fact that uh, he got okay from two different independent medical panels and showing that he has the requisite number of uh, antibodies or whatever the medical requirement was. And the other being that he was supposed to have been given adequate time to consult his lawyers, which they did not give him. I think on these two technicalities, the judge was uh, ruling in his favor. But the, but interestingly, judge hearing the case uh, was uh, supposed to have said what more could he have done uh, to comply with the rules. So so what exactly was the argument from the Australian government? And and and, and like what what was uh, the, were they were they saying that we don't care what tennis Australia has to say about this matter? See. It, it was very clear that the Australian Australian side of it, they were they were very clear that look, he is not vaccinated. We cannot let him in and put the entire tennis fraternity with present during the tournament. We can't put them to risk, and they were very clear on this. And they were they kept talking about this rule, uh, the federal rule, and they and they just kept it aside. But at the you know they they just kept aside uh, Djokovic's argument. Now, this is where they didn't have too much to say. They just stuck to one side of it. However, if you if you go by what Djokovic and his lawyer had to say, they were very clear that, look, he has been cleared by two different bodies. And this was, I mean, and, and the person sitting on judgment there, Judge Kelly, Judge Kelly was very clear. He said, listen, you know, the moment he said that, look, what more could this man have done? What he meant was, and he sounded pretty agitated if you see the video. This gentleman, I mean, you know, it was it was explained by the man himself. He said, listen, here is a professor and an eminent, eminently qualified physician have produced and provided to the applicant, which is, you know, like Djokovic, a medical exemption. Further to that, the medical exemption that had, and the basis on which it was given was separately given by a further independent expert specialist panel established by the Victorian state government. And that document was in the hands of the person in charge here, the person who gave it to him. Now, 
Djokovic's lawyer was very clear. He says, look, the very fact that the, the notice of intention to cancel his visa was defective because it was made up on two confusing blend of grounds. Now, this is where I think a lot of it, you know, the judge was very clear and he looked uh, looked quite convinced. And the, and the defense, you know, went on to explain that, look, Djokovic was treated at the airport as if access to lawyers couldn't possibly be of assistance in the matter. And that was not given a reasonable chance to respond to the notice. And I think this is where I think they also spoke about the, you know, because he was given time until 8.30 and the... And he was he was he was prevented. His visa was cancelled at seven forty two. So you know that forty eight minute uh, you know hurry which which the Australian showed. He they also argued that uh, my client wasn't given enough time to you know argue his case or or to get support uh, to to take his uh, argument forward. So all these things I think it's purely technical. But the fact remains that here is a man who is not vaccinated. He's free, and he's putting people to risk. And that is what has got a lot of people, you know, angry. And of course, it's a, it is it is a divided house when you look at the opinions of the people. But the fact remains that in Australia, as we speak, you have an individual who is not vaccinated and he's, he's, he's free to roam around wherever he wishes to. Right. I mean, there is uh, there has been a lot of polarization around uh, this uh, this particular issue. But on the one hand, you have, of course, the legal technicalities and, you know, one can argue both ways. And the judge, I think, in his ruling, he summed it up nicely towards the end when he said, uh, as the prosecution has argued, rules are rules. And according to the rules, you should have given time to him till 8.30, whereas you broke your own rules. So, therefore, there you go, you know. And, and and there is also the political side of it. I mean, the many people have argued that is is this really about the danger posed by Djokovic to other athletes? I mean, considering that he is following whatever rules Tennis Australia has given out to him, which is the presiding body for all the players in this tournament. Or is it about political posturing by the Australian government with an eye on electoral gains and extracting political mileage? Because Australia, I mean, I mean, I think even Djokovic's father has been consistently pointing out that he's been targeted because he's he's sort of he's like a what do you say a red rag uh, to a country which has been really really sort of pushed to the wall with two years of rigorous, very strict lockdown. I mean, the, the entire country has been under continuous lockdown. People have been separated from their families for months and months. They are frustrated. And then you have this guy coming and waltzing in without having to go through the same thing. And and and, and what Djokovic's father has been saying is that he's basically telling the people in Australia that this is completely unnecessary, you know, that you don't have to go through this and you can make a stand. And that is what they really don't want to, you know, see him do. And that is probably why he's targeting. That is his argument. So can you talk a little bit about the politics around the whole thing? Uh, yes, Ampat, why not? Uh, see, if you if you look at what Djokovic has actually done, not said, what he has done is he says that, look, I have a man with rights and it is my it is the kind of choice that I have made not to get vaccinated. And here, see, you're free to do that. I have absolutely no problem with people saying that, look, it is my right not to get vaccinated. But at the same time, looking at the kind of impact that it has or the kind of danger that you're carrying within you is that you are saying that, look, I'm putting everybody else to risk. That is what you are not saying. You are saying it is your right and exercise that right, that I don't want to get vaccinated. But what about the the element of risk? If you are arguing with me that, look, I, I know that I'm not at risk. I mean, I'm not putting anybody else at risk. 
I could be at risk, but it's okay with me. Now that argument sounds pretty childish. It is. It is pretty. Uh, you know. Uh, I mean, it sounds like that of a person who is rigid in his own ways. He's he doesn't want to move in with with the rest of the people because I, for one, my personal uh, take on this is that when you have to get vaccinated, you better get vaccinated and move on because you are not in isolation. You are there. There are certain rules. Whether it's I mean, it it is not there in your country, but it, looking at Australia. We know that even you know even when there was no pandemic, if you look at the quarantine rules of Australia and New Zealand, probably they're one of the strictest that you'll ever see. You take, I mean, I remember Indian cricketers. One of the, I mean, there were at least two of them whose spikes had you know blades of grass, and they were fined a thousand dollars for carrying agricultural produce. Can you imagine a blade of grass in Harbhajan's shoes? His spikes. He didn't. He didn't clean it. He didn't clean his spikes properly. and they were fine because they said this is agricultural produce so they can take it to that extent and that is what a lot of australians are now saying look at the way we are treating refugees look at the way we are treating people coming from overseas if they are non australians this is the way we deal with them so there's a lot of hue and cry the politics of it yes but i don't think more than the politics part of it i i would rather side with the authorities who say that look you are putting others at risk I mean, I we all know that Scott, Prime Minister of Australia, Scott Morrison has his has his uh, you know reasons to to appear in a certain way. But I don't think this is going to help him uh, too much because I think already since morning, the you know people's outcry is there on the social uh, social media. People who don't even support him directly or this thing or they are neutral, they are saying we should have handled it differently. But What has been the response of the the, the global tennis fraternity, the players, uh, former players, on the way uh, the Djokovic has been treated so far? Yeah, it is it is quite interesting. Like if you look at you know what Rafael uh, you know like Nadal had to say just after the verdict. I mean he he is he's he's quite vocal, and I like the guy for the simple reason that he calls a spade a spade. And uh, Nadal, I remember he said something like, "Look, whether I you know like whether I agree with Djokovic on some issues or not." He says justice has spoken, and and you know, and he has a right to participate in the Australian Open, and I think it's the fairest of decisions to do. I wish him all the best. This is what he said when he was talking to the reporters, and then he says on a personal level, I'd much rather he didn't play. That of course he was joking, adding that everything everything is much better when the best can be playing. That means he wants the best to play because you know, after all, it's Australian Open, and he's respecting his right to come and play. and he also says that the most important institutions in the world can say that vaccine is the way to stop this pandemic and the disaster we have been living for the last 10 months or last 20 last 20 months so what he is trying to say is he doesn't agree with djokovic's uh, you know line that you know i'll stay without the vaccine he is for everybody to get vaccinated but he says the way who oh, i mean once the court of justice says he is free to participate or he's he's no longer kept under any kind of immigration detention he has every right to come out and then choose whether he would like to play or not and then of course you know like I just like to add just uh, you know like just these reactions of Andy Andy Murray also which is also very very interesting now Andy Murray says that look he says i mean he's shocked he's truly shocked by the stand taken by you know like Djokovic but he says the way it has been handled he he's not happy with it at all he says i'm just going to say two things he says the first thing i hope novak is okay that means in that particular you know place where he was kept 
he thought that you know that it wasn't a good thing player of his stature to be kept there but then of course rules are same for everyone but then he again see nobody supports him in staying without the vaccine like if you look at an australian player nick kikergios now he's 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 so critical of djokovic's ways in in so many ways we all have heard him in the past but then he says something which is which is so different he says look i definitely believe in taking action i got vaccinated because of others and for my you know my mother's health but here we are handling novak situation the way we are handling it's pretty bad really bad he says he says now this is what he wants to say that don't treat a player uh, in a way that he's a, he's a criminal or he doesn't treat he doesn't deserve to be treated with respect so a lot of players from the fraternity itself they all feel whether we agree with him or not that's a different matter but he should have been treated better right and uh, now of course whether he gets to play or not will depend on the minister for immigration censorship and migrant services alex hawk who uh, apparently has a discretionary power under a particular section of the law to still cancel his visa overruling the court verdict how likely do you think that is that is you know is it is it going to happen or do you think now the government will quietly back down and you know just uh, allow the tournament to get on with the best as nadal was saying it's still a little difficult for me to say because there's a lot of i mean uh, you know alex hawk he of course has that right we all are aware that you know under section 133c subsection c of the you know migration act he does has that right now to exercise that rule i mean it is it is like you have lost the battle in the court round 1 you have lost now you say okay now i have a kind of a tool which cannot be questioned and the moment you know alex hawk decides to you know use that option that will keep that will keep djokovic out for 3 years from australia he can't enter australia for 3 years now that is what the rules say now that if he decides to do that that will again be an extreme so uh, and uh, he doesn't have a choice there if he if he decides to go with it with no questions asked then he is in for a lot of criticism with i mean within australia and of course the fans of djokovic will be after him but at the same time they don't have anything that is midway either either you prevent djokovic's entry in australia for 3 years or you just go by the court's verdict and say all right let him play right i would imagine that would make it make it slightly more difficult for him to uh, go ahead and take that call to cancel his visa because then you would be uh, basically i think it would be as if djokovic has played his last australian open if that were to happen precisely yeah you can actually you can actually infer that yeah now assuming he does get to play uh, do you think he will be able to give his best and you know perform well because he has already clearly lost a lot of practice hours his diet regimen he is supposed to follow a gluten free diet must have gone for a toss at the detention center how how do you view his chances now where he to actually go ahead and play sampath here we are talking about a world class champion i mean he's 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 truly right up there among the greats now he has only one week to get back in shape and also without that sword of you know that alex hawk's decision coming anytime soon because hawk can take that call anytime it is not that he is bound by a certain time or something he can he, he can sleep over it he can take a call in a day or two or maybe in 5 days time now that would mean we'll be just 2 days away from the start of the australian open so djokovic cannot be waking up every morning with that fear that oh my god today what if they send me back so that is not a great space to be in when you are preparing to defend your title 
And also, I mean, you know, there will be pressure on Hawk to decide that, okay, let him play. Once, I mean, we have to assume that the matter closes here and Djokovic is free to play. Now, the moment that happens, I think the kind of uh, team that he has, the kind of, you know, I mean, he he's, he's a man who travels with a team of, uh, you know, psychologists and he's got his trainers, he's got his physios. And of course, he'll have to get back into shape. It won't be easy. But then looking at... Uh, his class, the first week is, is going to be not so difficult for him. So if he can uh, come back once every 48 hours to play a match and he knows his surface better than any other contender and just look at his success rate here. So 9 out of 20 Grand Slam titles have come here for him. So I know that you know he, he can always fall back on his experience. He won't have to face these jitters early on, but then it won't be easy. I mean, he'll have to, he'll have to bring his A game together as soon as possible he has to get into a great like mind space and of course he has the support so this i mean his supporters will keep him going and i think if he makes it a lot will depend on the decision of the australians and then especially alex hawk whether he wants to stretch this matter any further or not i think that will play a role right we are running out of time rakesh so we'll wind up now i think uh, we can just hope and pray that good sense prevails and uh, we get to have the best australian open that is possible which means uh, Djokovic does get to play having gone through so much of uh, harassment and uh, discomfort and troubles over the last weekend and uh, it'll be a, a good tournament to watch with him rather than without him thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and insights on this issue thank you rakesh pleasure talking to you Thank you so much, Sampath, on having me on this show. It has always been, uh, you know, a kind of an opportunity for me to, you know, deep dive into a lot of these subjects and, you know, educate, educate myself. And uh, thanks again for the opportunity. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.